Thursday Such a crazy, lazy day Thursday has its own peculiar way Of saying hey Sometimes Thursday almost Makes you want to run away Thursday such a crazy, lazy day Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday. We made it to Thursday, Chester. It's been a long week, hasn't it? Yeah, a lot going on this week, right? Well, we're glad that you're with us, that you guys made it too. Hi, this is Bob Bro, and I'm welcoming you to the best old-time radio podcast for Thursday, November the 5th, 2020. And as is our custom, on Thursdays we play a Western, an old-time radio Western. And we've got a humdinger for you today. Just a humdinger, don't we, Chester? Yeah, it's a Lollapalooza. (laughs) Chester says it's a Lollapalooza. It's a good one. It really is a good one. So it's time for you to just drop whatever you're doing and go over there and settle down and relax Get your feet up and maybe a little something to drink, a little something to eat, and just let the cares of the day drift away. Because we're going to come back in just a moment with a great old-time radio episode of Gunsmoke. Thursday has got its own peculiar way of staying Sometimes Thursday makes you Want to run away Thursday Such a crazy lizard can tell from the music, it is time for an episode of Gunsmoke, everybody. And we have a good one tonight. This one was first broadcast in 1955 on January the 15th on CBS. It's entitled Chester's Murder. Now, it doesn't mean, that title does not mean that Chester has been murdered. It means that Chester murdered somebody. And Matt Dillon actually has to charge him with 
the murder. And this one gets kind of tricky as you listen to the plot. There's a gambler with a reputation as a gunslinger that's involved in this story. There's a dance hall girl that works with Kitty, who is also involved in this story. And there is also a horse trader that is new to town that's involved in this story. And a lot of it revolves around Sam, the owner of the Long Branch. So I think you're going to enjoy this one. This was written by John Meston. All right, here we go. From 1955, January the 15th, this is Gunsmoke. And the name of the script tonight is Chester's Murder. territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun Smoke, starring William Conrad. Transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America. And the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job. And it makes a man watchful. And a little lonely. There's a couple of chairs, Matt. Let's sit down and watch the plaza for a while. Okay, Doc. <laughs> You'd look better sitting than standing anyway. Well, I'd feel better, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. An attack of the ague always leaves a man weak, Matt. Oh. You got over yours darn fast. Well, I still feel kind of raveled out, Doc. <laughs> Stupid and mad at the same time. Oh, well, ague doesn't improve a man's temper. Oh, I haven't had a good night's sleep in a week, I'll bet. Marshal Dillon? Uh, yeah. Uh, Marshal, you don't know me, but I've seen you around lots of times. My name's Jake Bewley. I've seen him, too. Hello, Doc. You know. No, what can I do for you, Bewley? I heard you was in the market for a good horse, Marshal. Yeah, I'm always in the market for a good horse. Well, that's what I do, Marshal. Ride around the country looking for extra good horses. I don't make much profit off them, but keeps me from working steady. And I don't buy horses very often, Billy, and even good ones. You like buckskins? Sure. But uh, I don't want to look at him tonight. Tomorrow? Well, yeah, yeah, if I'm feeling better. So you know, Matt, uh, what to do you good? Oh, what, Doc? Go over to the Long Branch and take a couple of shots of whiskey. No. And then go to bed. <laughs> okay, Doc. I'll just do that. 
Hey, you, uh, you want to come along? No, no, I got some work to do at my office. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, beauty. Good night, Doc. Good night, Doc. Uh, how long you been on Dodge, Billy? Hmm? Couple of months. No. You uh, make a pretty good living trading horses? I done good so far. Without cheating nobody too bad either. Marshal! Marshal Dillon! I don't know. What does he want? Who is it? Uh, Sam Noonan. Oh, yeah. Don't he work at the Long Branch? He built it. Well, what do you want, Sam? Hurry up, Marshal. Oh, what's the trouble? Out back. Gonna be a fight. A fight? Who? <laughs> you know that gambler, Charlie Pickard? He's also kind of a gunman, isn't he? He's roaring drunk, Marshal, and there's gonna be trouble, sure. Now, come on, we'll go up the alley. That Pickard's always getting in trouble. Who's he after, Sam? Chester, that's who. Chester? Yeah. It started right inside at the bar, Marshal. Chester bought a drink for that little blonde girl. Need well, it doesn't matter now. You can tell me later. There they are. Shooting people ain't gonna help nothing. I didn't bring you out here for talk, Chester. Now everybody get back. Ah, you're drunk, Pickard. I ain't so drunk I can't shoot you. Pickard. Marshal Dillon. Don't touch the gun, Pickard. What are you doing here, Marshal? I'm stopping a fight. I ain't gonna fight you. All right, then give me your gun. Take it. I ain't that drunk. Chester. Yes, sir. Throw him in jail. Now, wait, Marshal. Shut up. Take him around the other way, Chester, out the next alley. I'm going inside for a minute. Then I'll be over. There ain't going to be no fight. I think I'll go to bed. I'll be around with that buckskin in the morning, Marshal. Yeah, sure. Sure, Billy. It ain't fair to put me in jail, Marshal. I ain't done nothing. You're drunk and you were about to shoot a man, Pickard. I'm doing you a favor throwing you in jail. That's true, Pickard. All right. Put me in jail. But wait till I get sober, Chester. Wait till tomorrow. Oh. I'll get you. You'll see what I'll do. You're not going to do anything, Pickard. All right, take him along, Chester. I'll follow you, Pickard. Go ahead. Walk slow. It won't be so easy next time. Marshals. What are they going to have marshals around for? Oh, you'll forget it by morning. No, I won't. You see, Chester. All right, Sam, tell me now. What's this all about? Well, I started to tell you, Marshal. Chester bought a drink for Nita Tucker at the bar in there. You know her. Yeah, I've seen her around. Well, she's really Pickard's girl. He kind of watches out for her, you know? Yeah. Well, she don't seem to like it much, but that don't stop him. And he's real jealous if anybody gets anywhere near her, especially if he's been drinking, like tonight. So he was going to shoot Chester because he bought Nita a drink, huh? Yeah. Well, that's a great reason for killing a man. Oh, that Pickard can be awful mean, Marshal. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if he makes more trouble tomorrow when he's sober. And I'll keep him in jail till he forgets about it. Can't keep him there forever. No, but I can always run. Come from that alley there. Yeah, come on. Must be Chester. Hey, looky, Marshal. That's Pickard. Chester shot him. What's the matter with you, Chester? Uh, Did he knife you or something? Uh, Here, come on. Stand up. Come on. Pickard's dead, Marshal. Are you hurt, Chester? What happened? Come on, tell me, what happened? I got hit. And here's Chester's gun, Marshal. Laying right to his feet. Did he jump you? Is that what happened? No. No, he didn't jump me. Well, then why did you shoot him? 
I didn't shoot him. Somebody hit me. Well, that don't make sense. Of course you shot him. This here's your gun. It's been fired. I didn't shoot him. Somebody jumped out from back of that rain barrel and hit me. Eh? Yeah. He ain't bleeding nowhere. Well, he hit me back here, behind my ear. Didn't knock me out for long. I heard the gunshot, but I couldn't do nothing. Who was it, Chester? I didn't see him. I started to turn, and then he hit me. You're going to have a hard time proving that, Chester. I didn't kill him, Sam. He swore he was going to get you tomorrow. And it looks to me like you killed him for that. I got hit, I tell you. You believe me, don't you, Mr. Dillon? Sure, sure, Chester. But Sam's right. It's going to be hard to prove. You're not even marked up. Uh, well, let Doc look at it. He can tell I got hit. Well, I wouldn't kill nobody like that. Sam, get somebody to take care of Pickard's body, will you? We're going over to Doc's. that lamp a little higher, Matt. I can't see. Yeah, is that better, Doc? That's fine. That's fine. Now then, show me where you were hit, Chester. Right there, Doc. Right right back of the ear. Right here. Uh-huh. What'd he hit you with? Well, how do I know? I didn't see him. Well, maybe he used the edge of his hand. It isn't swollen. The skin isn't broken anywhere. Well, it's bruised, ain't it? Well, not that I can see. Well, it must have done something. How hard were you hit that? Well, it knocked me off my feet. And I got kindly fainty for a few seconds. Long enough for him to take my gun and shoot Charlie Pickard. That's pretty hard, ain't it? Mm, yeah. You can put the lamp down there, man. Okay, Doc. You're, you're saying you can't testify I got hit, ain't you, Doc? You want me to lie for you, Chester? No, I... No, I wouldn't ask you to do that, Doc. It's too bad Sam Noonan had to be there, isn't it, Matt? Oh, Sam likes Chester, but he thinks he did it, and he'll testify against him. Well, how can he, Mr. Dillon? He didn't see it. No, nobody saw it. Then they can't hang me, can they? They can't hang you, Chester. But prison, huh? Maybe for life. Oh, we'll find out who did it. Oh, there's no way in the world to find oh, out. Oh, wait a minute, Chester. You're giving up too easy. Tell me. You you and Doc, you... You don't really think I'd done that, do you? You're in a bad spot, Chester. Real bad, but I believe you. What about you, Doc? Oh, of course I believe you, Chester. Thanks, Doc. And you too, Mr. Dillon. I... I'd feel awful if you didn't believe me. Well, worrying about it won't help, Chester. Well, I gotta worry about it. If we don't find out who done it, I'll have to stand trial. And I won't have a chance if I do. Are you... Are you gonna put me in jail, Mr. Dillon? No, of course not. But you'd uh, better stay around the office, though, huh? There's gonna be enough talk about it as it is. All right, sir. Uh, what was the girl's name? Nita Tucker? Yes, sir, that's right, but why? Well, maybe she knows who wanted Charlie Pickard dead. I'll be back later.
Sam. Well, what did Doc find? Nothing visible. Yeah. Did you put Chester in jail? Uh, I'll have a shot of whiskey, Sam. Now, look, you marshal. I'm as sorry about this as anybody. But just because Chester works for you, there's no reason he can murder a man and then go free. I'll be responsible for Chester. If he gets away, it'll make a lot of trouble, Marshal. You think Chester did it, don't you? Of course I do. And I don't like him not being in jail. Uh, Sam, that's uh, Nita Tucker sitting over there with Kitty, isn't she? Yeah, it? that's her. But she didn't do it. Oh? Well, she hated Pickard, but you're not going to try to hang this on her, Marshal. No, sir. I'll stand up for her. She's a good girl. I got the drink, Sam. I don't need it. Eva Kitty? Uh, you know Nita Tucker, Matt? No. Uh, how do you do? Marshal, sit down. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I'm sorry about Charlie Pickard, Nita. Sounds terrible, Marshal, but I'm not very sorry. I hated him. Uh, Charlie didn't treat women very good, Matt. Well, that wouldn't excuse murdering him, though. Uh, I'm not so sure. Marshal... You're not thinking I had anything to do with it, are you? Now, Chester says he didn't do it, and I believe him. I wouldn't kill anybody, even him. Where were you when it happened? I was in here. She was at the bar, Matt, and I was standing right next to her. Okay, I guess that clears you, Nita. Uh, tell me, who else hated Pickard? A man like him has enemies, Marshal. There must be a lot of them. Anybody in particular? Mm, not that I know of. Look, I'd like to help Marshal. If Chester didn't do it, it isn't right. He should be in jail. No, it sure isn't. Uh, it looks bad for Chester, don't it, Matt? Yeah, Kitty, it does. Well, good night. Good night, David. Good night, Matt. about Chester, Marshal. I'm awful sorry about it. Huh? He's always seemed like such a nice fella. Sure is too bad. Yeah, yeah. People are gonna wonder why you don't lock him up. No, they are. Well, not me. I understand, but Sam Noonan was saying something about it inside there a minute ago. I see. Well, that's what I wanted to tell you. He's going to make trouble about it. I told him not to be a fool. Ah, uh, just a minute, Billy. Well, what do you care? Is Chester a good friend of yours? No, I don't know him very well, but I don't like to see no trouble start. Well, if it does, I'll handle it. I know you will, Marshal. I just wanted to tell you what the talk is. I'll bring that buckskin by in the morning, huh? Okay. Good night, Billy. Good night, Marshal. Jack Bewley's warning didn't bother me much But still I couldn't delay filing murder charges against Chester forever And after ten days of useless search for the real killer I had to do it And then having written him up I really began to worry 
Chester did too. He'd sit quietly in the office and look at me as though I'd just kicked him. So I stayed out of there as much as possible. Like today, I went into Mr. Jonas' general store for nothing but to kill a little time looking around. Come here. Wow. Hello, Kitty. Anita. Hello, Marshal. Well, are you girls going to buy that whole pile of dresses you got stacked up there? <laughs> as soon as Mr. Jonas gets back here, we are, Marshal. She means she is. I'm only watching that. Well, isn't that a lot of clothes for just one woman? <laughs> not for me. Not this time. Not this time? Matt, when does a girl buy everything new? All she wants. Well, I don't know, I'm sure. When she gets married, of course. Married? Uh, you getting married, Nita? Next Saturday, Marsh. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, do I know the groom? Jake Bewley. Uh, Jake Bewley. <laughs> I guess everybody's surprised. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Would you come to the wedding, Marshal? I wish you would. Well, sure, sure. Really? Of course. I, I'd like to come, Nita. Good. <gasps> Look, Kitty, I huh? didn't see those hats back there. <laughs> well, I'm not going to leave this store till I've looked at every single thing in it. Um, Kitty. She's so excited. Kitty, <laughs> listen to me. Huh? How long has this been going on between her and Bewley? A month or so, I guess. Why? I thought she was Charlie Pickard's girl. Pickett thought she was, too. But she and Beulah used to meet on the sly. He never did find out. And he sure can't stop him now. No, he can't. As bad as it is for Chester, I'm glad Charlie Pickett got shot. Well, there are other ways it could have been handled. Kitty, I'm going to tell you a secret. A secret? Well, that's what I want you to call it when you tell it to Nita. Tell Nita what? And I'm going to let Chester leave Dodge tonight. What? I'm going to ride out of town with him, and as soon as he's gone, I'm coming back and arrest Bewley. Bewley? You think he did it, Matt? Well, he could have. He had a good reason to. I'm going to find out for sure tonight. Anyway, tell Nita that I have a witness. A witness that nobody knows about but me. But, Matt, if Bewley believes that, won't he wonder why you're letting Chester run away? Oh, not if he hears my witness won't be back in Dodge for a couple of days. And that I'm afraid Sam Noonan will form a lynch mob before then. All right. But you're asking a lot, Matt. Why tell Anita this could ruin her one chance to be happy? Now, she wouldn't be happy with a murderer, Kitty. And if Bewley's innocent, I promise you that nothing will happen to her. Okay, Matt. I'll do it. All right, good. Now, Chester will be riding out of Moss Grimmick's stable about midnight tonight. With me. waiting here much longer. No. And I was hoping he'd come into the stable just so we'd have a better chance at him that way. Yes, sir. Well, it's me he's going to be after. I'll go out first. Well, I'll cover you the best you can, Mr. Dillon. Now, look, he doesn't know which direction we're going to be taking, so I expect he'll be hiding pretty close to the stable. 
Mr. Dillon, you're risking your life just to keep me out of jail. I'm catching a murderer, Chester. No, sir, that's only part true. You're catching a murderer. I'm going to lead my horse out the main door now. You stay here in the shadows. And I'm going to turn back and call to you so that he'll know it's me that's out there. Well, ain't there some other way we can catch you, Mr. Dillon? I, I swear I don't know what I'd do if anything happened. I'm going to go now. Yes, sir. Hurry up, Chester. Let's get moving. Stop it! He's in that alley, Mr. Dillon. I seen his gun flash. Don't shoot, Chester. Wait a minute. Come on. Look. Laying right there, Mr. Dillon. That's a woman. Yeah. Nita. You hurt bad, Nita. Where did I hit you? My arm. Here. Let me take a look. Well, it's not broken. We'll get you up to the docks right away. She tried to kill you, Mr. Dillon. No. No, it wasn't me. I followed Jake here. And I tried to stop him. Get on, Chester. What? Where is he, Nita? I couldn't stop him. He's a murderer. Where is he? Tell me. That rain barrel at the end of the alley. He said he was going to hide in there and for me to shut up. All right, you stay with her, Chester. Yes, she... <sighs> I'm taking no chances, Bewley. I'm going to start blowing holes in that barrel. No. Don't you. What? My hand. Can't you see him? All right, keep him up. Hi. All right, now stand up. I ain't gonna try nothing, Marshal. I'll take your gun. Give it to me. All right, now climb out of there. Sure. I, I wasn't gonna shoot nobody, Marshal. You made a big mistake. Especially shooting a woman like... Shut up. Start walking. Sure. Jay? Shut up, Nita. I told you not to do it. I, I told it's you... too bad you wasn't killed. She Jay. was the one tried to do it, Marshal, not me. Well, but I... I only run and hid to, to protect her, sort of. You're not making much sense, Billy. Take him to jail, Chester. Yes, Listen sir. to me, Marshal. No. Get going. Come on. Move, Billy. Go on. And you better walk straight. <laughs> Won't do no good. You can't keep me in jail. Now you'll be saying that a month from now, Billy. Can you walk all right, Nita? Let me rest a minute. When I can. Yeah, sure. I guess you won't be coming to the wedding after all, will you, Marshal? No. No, Nita, I, I guess I won't. Here, I'll carry you up to Doc's.
Gunsmoke, produced and directed by Norman McDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Our story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Ray Kemper. Featured in the cast were Vic Perrin, Lawrence Dobkin, James Nusser, and Joyce McCluskey. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Listen to Chesterfield's two great radio shows every week. The Perry Como Show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And Dragnet, Tuesday nights on another network. Remember, listen again next week for another transcribed story of the Western Frontier when Marshal Matt Dillon, Chester Proudfoot, Doc, and Kitty, together with all the other hard-living citizens of Dodge, will be with you once more. It's America growing west in the 1870s. It's drama. It's gun smoke. Brought to you by L&M Filters. This is the CBS Radio Network. But that was Gunsmoke from January 15, 1955, as heard on CBS. The name of that script was Chester's Murder. It had a pretty good cast there. Ben, uh, Vic Perrin played the, uh, the horse trader there. He's always very distinctive. We had Lauren Stopkin. James Nusser played Chester's victim. And he always usually played it. You could kind of hear age in his voice. He a lot of times played an old drunk or or an a, an old man that might witness something uh, without being noticed, sort of the kind of guy that blends in any place and nobody notices him. If you look up James Nusser, N-U-S-S-E-R, on Google and punch in images, you will instantly recognize him from hundreds, literally hundreds. Well, hundreds. I don't know. He had a lot of roles, though. A lot of uh, movies, a lot of TV credits, and of course, radio credits too. He was very, very active in old-time radio. Joyce McCluskey played uh, Nell. I tried to find some information on her. She was very active as an actress in uh, the late 50s, uh, but her last credit was 1958. She did uh, several B-movies, and we know that she also did a lot of television uh performances. She was on several episodes of the TV version of Dragnet in the early days. And uh, I hear her name come up uh, somewhat frequently on uh, radio programs, but no credits from since 1958. So acting must not have agreed with her. She was born in 1928, but as far as I can tell, she is still with us. So that's, that's nice to know. So Ms. McCluskey, if you're listening, send me an email, would you, and let me know uh, what happened with the rest of your life? Because we would be very anxious to hear that. 
Joyce McCluskey. All right, that was Gunsmoke. And of course, we have uh, Gunsmoke is our flagship program here. And on our archive show, you'll hear an episode every week. But on the uh, Old Time Radio Westerns on Thursday, we try to divide it up between five or six different shows. Uh, But we try to keep within the theme of adult Westerns. You're not going to hear us playing a lot of Roy Rogers or Gene Autry, uh, shows that were geared more toward a juvenile audience. Those were a lot of fun, but it's not what we play here. that's going to do it for this week this is um, wrapping things up on a Thursday Uh, we'll be back on the weekend with the archive show back next Monday with an all new comedy and then on Tuesday with a drama Wednesday a mystery and on Thursday we'll have another western so happy to have you with us this week I hope you have a great weekend I hope you're enjoying the weather I hope the weather's as nice where you are as it is here We are actually going to be in the mid-70s for the rest of the week with sunshine. Almost 80 degrees, they are saying. I think it was maybe Saturday. So that ain't bad. That ain't bad for St. Louis in the middle of the country, in the middle of uh, fall. We'll take it. Our show tonight, the Gunsmoke episode, came from 1955. So following in our pattern of playing songs from that year, you'll be happy to know that by 1955, Uh, Rock and roll was starting to get into its full swing. And we're going to have a little bit of rock and roll songs tonight. So you go put your dancing shoes on, because I'll bet you anything. (laughs) You can't keep your feet from moving around uh, when you listen to these songs. We have one by uh, Bill Haley and the Comets. And this is, uh, a lot of people call this the first rock and roll song. It wasn't the first rock and roll song. But uh, the fact that it used rock in the title, Rock Around the Clock, it gets that, and it was also the theme song for the uh, motion picture Blackboard Jungle, which was an interesting film because it starred uh, Glenn Ford as the teacher, but the student that gave him the most trouble that he basically redeemed, as these movies tend to tend to go, was Sidney Poitier, who just about uh, 10 or 15 years later reprised the role, only this time he was the teacher in one of my favorite all-time movies, To Serve With Love. So anyway, we have Bill Haley in the, in the comments. We've got uh, Little Richard and Chuck Berry. Like I said, see if you can stay still. I bet you can't. This is Bob Bro. It's been so nice to have you along this week, and I am just so glad you met me. Four o'clock rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock rock. We're going to rock around the clock tonight. What you should